Today's daf is Yud Zayin in Masechet Rosh Hashanah. We are on daf Tet Zayin Amud Bet, 13 lines from the bottom of the Amud, where it says, Amar Rabbi Kuspedai, some very famous Agadot here. Amar Rabbi Kuspedai, Amar Rabbi Ochanan, Shloshas Tvarim, Niftachin, Rosh Hashanah. There are three books that are open on Rosh Hashanah, Echad Shloshayim Gemurim. One is of the completely wicked, one is of the completely righteous, and one is of the people in the middle. Those who are completely righteous are written and sealed in the book immediately. For life. The total, totally wicked people are written and sealed in the book immediately for death. Those who are in the middle are hanging in the balance from Rosh Hashanah to Yom Kippur, Zachun Nichtavin Lachayim, Lo Zachun Nichtavin Lachayim, if they merit, so then they will be written for life, and if they don't merit, then they can be written for death, and those are the people who are in the middle. The Amar Abiyavin, my Korah, Abiyavin said, what is the basis for this, uh, for this concept of the different books in which the righteous and the wicked and the people in the middle are written? He quotes a pasuk from Teilim that says, Yimachu Misefer Chayim, Vim Tadikim Ali Katevu, it will be erased from the book of life, and with the righteous, it will not be written. That is the Pasuk and Teilim. When it says from the, the book, right, when it says erased from the book, that's talking about the book of the completely wicked. When it says the word Chaim, it means the book of the righteous. And vim tzadikim ali katev. When it says when it says it won't be written with the righteous, this is shal This is talking about the book of those in the middle. In other words, when it talks about being erased from a book, it means being put into the book of the wicked. When it mentions the book of life, it's talking about the book of the righteous. And when it says it won't be written with the righteous, that means it won't be written with the righteous, but not with the wicked either, because those are the people who are in the middle. Rav Nachman bar Yitzchak Amar Meyachat. Rav Nachman bar Yitzchak had a different source. Vimayin machini namasifcha shel katavta. This is what Moshe Rabbeinu said to Hashem. If not, if you're not going to forgive the Jewish people, erase me from the book you have written. Machini namasifcha shel shayim. Erase me means the book of the wicked, meaning to be destroyed. Misifcha from your books. That's talking about your Hashem's book is the book of the righteous. And Ashok Katavta that you have written, that's talking about the book of the people in the middle. In other words, it's a reference to three different categories a person can be in. There are three categories for the Day of Judgment. And this is talking about the Day of Judgment of the future. Tosfot says of Metim. She also says that it's speaking about. Now, interestingly, Tosfot also said that even the judgment of Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur is not a judgment for this world. It's actually a judgment for Olam Abba. It's where you stand with regard to Olam Abba, not where, not where you stand with regard to Olam Hazeh. Here he's saying it has to do with the Tchiyat Metim, the judgment of Tchiyat Metim. So not like most people understand that the judgment of Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur is actually connected mainly when it talks about being sealed for life or for death, it's talking mainly about your physical life. According to Tosafot, even the one on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur is talking about the spiritual life, not the physical. In any case, the Bright says there are three groups for Yom Adin of Tchiyat Metim of the resurrection of the dead. One is Tzadikim Borin Vachat Shoshayim Borin, one is of the totally wicked Vachat Shoshayim and one is of the people in the middle. Tzadikim Borin Nechlim Venechlim Al-Tad Olam. Those who are totally righteous are written immediately for eternal life. Those who are totally wicked are written and sealed immediately for Igeinam, for suffering in uh, the bad place. Now, as she says, means that they are majority uh, sins, as opposed to Benoniim, which she says, is talking about somebody who is half and half, right in the middle. 
That's how Rashi defined it. So it says, uh, so, so also with regard to Tchiat HaMetim, you have those who are going to live forever because they are resuscitated, and this is following the opinion that the, Rashi and Tosafot, of course, follow the opinion like the Ramban, that after Tchiat HaMetim, everyone is going to live forever. So therefore they say that means live forever in this world, and the Gainam is going to be forever for the Rishayim. And where does he get that from? Shnemar, as it says in the Pasuk, and, <coughs> and this Pasuk is uh, found in Daniel, where it says, V'rabim, Many of those who sleep in the dust will be awakened. Some for eternal life. And other ones for eternal shame and uh, disintegration and, and badness. Um, and rotting, basically, right? So so that's a reference to those who go to Gehinam forever. And those who are in the middle, they go down to Gehinam. Then they cry out to Hashem from the suffering. And then... The only, and they finally get to be saved. And this is again another pasuk, but this pasuk is a pasuk from Zechariah, where it says, A third of the people will go through fire, and I will refine them like I refined silver. And they will be um, purified like gold is purified. And uh, he will call out in my name, and I will, I will answer him. Um, and that is a reference to the idea of the going to Gainam as a process of purification from which the person who was in the middle who was neither purely righteous nor purely wicked cries out to God and then Hashem will save him from that fate. And, and that was what Hannah was talking about in her prayer when she said Hashem kills and gives life so that could be a reference to those who will live forever or those who are totally destroyed and then Hashem puts them down in the pit and then takes them up. That's those who are in the middle who go down to Gainam but then are redeemed from it eventually. Beitilel says, no. No, Hashem is uh, full of mercy and he leans things in the direction of mercy. Meaning to say that those who are in the middle, the Benonim, don't have to go to Gainam at all um, and they don't have to be pulled out of Gainam because Hashem uh, causes everything to tilt in the direction of kindness. And about them, David said, um, that about them, David said, I love that Hashem answers the voice of my prayers. And Tosafot explains that the Pasuk says, And it says, That, that uh, death surrounded me and I was low, but Hashem saved me. Meaning even though I was low in mitzvot, Hashem still, still saved me. And I, was, I did not have to go to Gainam. I was able to be redeemed uh, because of Hashem's chesed. And um, in fact... The uh, Beit Hillel goes on to say uh, that uh, more from that pasuk that uh, uh, that that entire parasha, as the uh, as really the Tosfot explains, is referring to this idea that uh, I was low and Hashem saved me, meaning to say that um, that uh, even though I was low and I was unworthy, Hashem saved me and I didn't have to go to the gate now. Israel begufan, begufan. Those who sinned with their bodies, Jewish people who sinned with their bodies, the Gemara will later explain what that means. And non-Jews who sinned with their bodies, they have to go into Gainam and be judged for twelve months. After twelve months, kufan kala, their body is destroyed, and their soul is burnt. And then a wind spreads them out underneath the feet of the tzaddikim. That you will trample the wicked because it will be um, ash or dust underneath the uh, soles of the feet of the righteous. So that's that, that's what happens to those Roshayim. But those who are heretics of various kinds, or those who hand over Jews to the government 
so that they will be subjected to the uh, wicked decrees of the government. Or Apikoros, Rashi says, one who denigrates the Tamidei Chachamim, the people who reject the validity or the truth of the Torah, they say the Torah is not min it is not of a divine origin. Or they don't believe in the eventual reward of the re- resurrection of the dead. Or people who left the ways of the community. In other words, they don't follow a lifestyle of the Jewish people. They don't identify with the Jewish people. Some say that means they don't fast on the fast and things like that to show identification with the tzarot of the Jewish people. We're going to see more about what that means in the upcoming Gemara. But basically it means people who use their authority to terrorize people uh, in the land. Those who sinned and caused others to sin. Like Yeruvam ben Nevat who compelled others to sin. And his colleagues. Those go to Geinam forever and ever. As it says, That you will go out, the people will go out and see the carcasses of those who sinned against Hashem because their fire will never end. And so on and so forth is what the Pasuk tells us, that their punishment is an eternal punishment. These are the people who have no zechut at all because they are minim, they, are, they reject Hashem or they reject the Torah or they are, they, they are apikosim or minim, whatever the category might be. The Rambam has very specific definitions of these categories where a min is somebody who rejects Hashem uh, and an apikos is somebody who doesn't believe that Hashem has any relationship or any divine providence or prophecy. And a kofer, of course, is somebody who rejects the authority of the Torah. In any case, all of these have the worst punishment of all. And then it says, and the actual hellfire will end, but they will still be punished. Because the pasuk says uh, that their form will wear out Sheol. Sheol is like the geinam. In the words of the Tanakh, the place that the uh, that the people go after death, that, that it's the bad place. So it says that they will wear out because they went against the zvul. They went against the beta megdash. Because it says at the end of that pasuk, that that means the beta megdash. In other words, that they were they uh, undermined the holiness of the beta megdash. Like uh, Shlomo Melech said, I built for you a house of dwelling. This is what Chana was saying. Hashem, may your enemies be cut off. In other words, these are people who are, uh, are fighting against that the Beit HaMikdash, according to Rashi, what it means is that they caused the Beit HaMikdash to be destroyed because of their beliefs and because of their behaviors. They caused the Beit HaMikdash to be destroyed. Another way of looking at it is that they, they destroy the Beit HaMikdash, meaning that they are the kind of people that prevent the Jewish people from achieving the purpose for which the Beit HaMikdash it was created, which is to sanctify Hashem's name because they oppose it with every fiber of their being and those people have no zechut at all. The faces of these people who are condemned to the eternal punishment have faces that are blackened like the bottom of a pot. And these are some of the best of the best looking people in Mechuzah. In other words, they were very bad people apparently. And we call them the sons of Geinam. And apparently the people there, even though they were good looking and fancy and successful, they were people who were uh, considered very low, spiritually speaking. He's uh, abundant in kindness and he tilts things in the direction of kindness. But doesn't it say that I'm going to take the third of the people, the ones that are going to survive and I'm going to refine them and burn them? So how can you say you're not going to burn them and refine them? Because Beit Hillel had said that the people who are in the middle don't have to go to Geinam for a short time in order to be purified and redeemed. They just can go right to 
Olam Haban get their portion and they don't have to worry. So what about the Pasuk Atam, Poshay Yisrael B'Gufan? That's talking about the Poshay Yisrael B'Gufan, the people who are Poshay Yisrael B'Gufan, who sin with their body. Poshay Yisrael B'Gufan, didn't you say that Poshay Yisrael B'Gufan are among the ones that go to Gainam forever? Right, so the idea is that um, uh, that if a person is majority sins, in other words, the predominant theme of their life is avirot, so then they are uh, they are judged with the eternal punishment. If they are half and half, they're benoni. But among the things and the bad side, among the things that they've done that are negative, is poshesel bekufan. They have to go to Gainam to be purified uh, in order to uh, be redeemed from that. Um, they don't get this straight pass to the Olam Haba in that case. So that's the um, that's how the Gemara uh, creates a new category, basically. There's Benoni'im, but then there's Benoni'im that the half Avonot that they are include some very serious Avonot, some very serious sins. Yeah, we're going to see uh, uh, more about that. Right? So... Uh, uh, it says, For such a person, it's not enough unless they go through the process of the fire. If not, meaning if they don't have one of these sins of Poshay Sel Gufan on their record, then they have the benefit of Hashem tilting things towards kindness. And that's where we get the Pasuk that, that David Amalek said. I'm, I'm happy that Hashem heard my voice and that even though I was very low, He saved me. Meaning, even though I was only half and half, I was Benoni, I still didn't have to go on through any suffering. What does it mean? I love when Hashem hears me. The Jewish people said in front of Hashem, Master of the world, When do I know that I'm loved before you? When I when you when I see that you answer my prayers. I was low and Hashem saved me. Even though I am low when it comes to mitzvot, it is still good and proper for you to save me uh, and to redeem me. Even though, because of your chesed, even though I don't deserve it. What are the people who are that we mentioned that they have such a severe sin? That even if they're half and half, and normally they would be saved and go to, go to uh, Gan Eden, they are held back because of this and they have to go through the circuitous, secure, this, uh, circuitous route of first going to Gehenna. What kind of sin is it? It's talking about a head that never put on tefillin, and you'll hear that term a lot of times. People will say, oh, I don't want to be... Ka- ka- I don't want to be somebody who never put on tefillin. So there's some rabbis that like once in their life, they'll put on Rabbi Nutam. Or once in their life, they'll put on the um, tefillin according to an opinion that isn't the accepted opinion. Just so they say, just in case, I don't want to be kafta de la a head that never had tefillin. Just in case that one opinion is right that we don't generally follow. I want to make sure that I tried every opinion. So I covered my bases and I'm not a kafta de la manach tefillin. What does it mean that, um, what does it mean when it refers to non-Jews that sin with their body? That's Amarav Bavira that's talking about sexual sins. Now, interestingly, Tosfot says that it depends. When we talk about tefillin, we're talking about somebody who rejects tefillin, who won't wear tefillin because he believes that the tefillin is something uh, negative, is something uh, disgraceful, it's something bad, and therefore he rejects the concept of tefillin. That is the... Um, that's the tefillin. That's the head that didn't wear tefillin that we're talking about. But somebody who didn't wear it because he felt I can't keep a clean enough body or I, you know, I'm not able to maintain the level of kiddushah that's necessary for tefillin, that is not considered insulting to the tefillin and that wouldn't be considered, that, that wouldn't come under the heading of the sin. Similarly, he mentions that if a person learns Torah all the time, even if he didn't end up putting on tefillin, the learning of Torah is equivalent to the uh, the wearing of tefillin because one of the things that Torah says is that you should wear tefillin so you remember to learn Torah. So the uh, the Gemara continues. 
Who are the people who imposed their fear in the land of the living? This is talking about a leader who imposes additional fear upon the, upon the community, not the Shem Shemaim, not for the purpose of helping them, but for the purpose of terrorizing them. That is a person who has a very bad Avir on their record. Any leader who imposes his authority and fear on the people, not for the sake of heaven, meaning not with a good purpose in mind, he will never have a child as a Tamit Chacham Shemaim because it says, in the Pasuk, when it's describing such a person, uh, a leader who throws his weight around, so to speak. So it says um, that about such a person, that lachin uh, anashi, and this is from Yov, people will fear him, but lo kol he will not see any wise of heart, meaning he won't be able to see any wise children because the people fear him for no reason. It says that Hashem tilts in the, in the direction of kindness. How does it work? Rabbi Elazar Omer Kovsho. According to Rabbi Elazar, what he does is he pushes down. If you imagine a scale, then on one side of the scale are the sins. And on one side of the scale are the, uh, are the positive. One side of the scale has the zechuyot, one, the positive things. One has the avonot. So it says that he pushes it down. Um, he pushes down the uh, side. He pushes down the side that is of the, um, of the zechuyot to make that stronger. So, that, so it's heavier on the side of the zechuyot. It's heavier on the side of the, of the positive. So that, that's one possibility. Um, he pushes down our sins, meaning he pushes down the scale to make the side that is zechuyot um, heavier. According to Rabbi Yosef Achanina, he lifts it up. In other words, the side that is sin, the other way to fix a scale if sins are on one side and mitzvot are on the other side is and, and they are balanced uh, perfectly evenly and you want to make the mitzvot go up is that you make it lighter on the side of the uh, uh, of, I'm sorry you want to make the actually the, the zuchuyot go down to be heavier so then you lift up the side of the averot that's the way to uh, that's going to be the way to uh, uh, to make it uh, work out in your favor so one way is to push down on the side of the zuchuyot to make them seem heavier the other way is to make the averot seem lighter and that would be from Nose Avon Vavel because it says he carries the sin and he passes over the iniquity. So the passing, the Nose means to lift up. He makes it lighter. Tanada Vavishmael, Vavishmael's Yeshiva taught Mavir Rishon Rishon, that Hashem passes over Rishon Rishon, the first, the first. Vechenia Midah. And that is the Midah. That is the, um, uh, the character trait, meaning the uh, method by which Hashem forgives our sins. So uh, it means to say that when a person does something the first time, um, it is forgiven. The Rambam explains in Hilchot Teshuvah how exactly it works. The first time a person does something, a second time it gets forgiven, and then once it starts to become a habit, then the, the Averot start to count. So the initial Averot don't count. The Rambam has a whole system how he explains it. Rashi says that um, that once when a person is in an even position, they're mechzal mechza. In other words, that what it means is that if they're perfectly even, he can subtract something. Uh, of the first uh, uh, sins that the person did that make it even. So that way, the side of the zechuyot uh, will be heavier because he takes away some of the avirot. And that's what it means. He subtracts from the record and that is the method. It doesn't mean that the sin is erased, actually. It's put on the side. In other words, this only works when a person is even. 50-50. Zechuyot avonot. Positive, negative. So then Hashem will erase some of the negative. But if it becomes that the person then is majority negative, so then even the sin that Hashem, so to speak, took off the scale, he'll put it back on. 
Anybody who is Mavion Midotav, who forgives trespasses against himself, Hashem will also uh, forgive all of his sins. Because it says Hashem carries the sin and um, overlooks the iniquity, so to speak. But the rabbis interpret it in a different way, not as both referring to Hashem, but to for whom does Hashem carry the sin? For someone who forgives. In other words, the, the idea is. Um, that uh, and the gra has a little bit of a different text here. Um, that it should say lemi over al pesha lemi shonosei avon. But uh, either way, the point is that the, if a person is forgiving, Hashem is forgiving to that person. Um, one time, Rav Una, the son of Rav Yosho, became sick. Rav Papa uh, came to do Bikur Cholim to visit him. He saw that he was really fading out. He's not going to make it. He said to them, You should really get ready his provisions, meaning you should start to prepare the... Um, the tachrichim, the shrouds, and everything it's going to need for the burial, because uh, uh, because he's going to die. The sof itpach. In the end, he actually got better. He didn't die. Hava mechsiv Rav Papa lemechzie. He was now Rav Papa was afraid to see him because he thought that uh, now he's going to be uh, in, he's going to be insulted because I thought it was all done. I called the game was over and I said you know he's he's going to die and it turned out he lived. So Rav Papa was embarrassed. Amar lei chazit. They said then what happened to you? Amar lei said in hachi hava. You're right. I was actually <coughs> going to die. You're right. Hachi hava. I was actually going to die. Rav Papa, you were right. Since he doesn't hold people, uh, meaning since he isn't strict with his own honor, when people slight him, when people offend him, when people owe him something, he doesn't stand on it and, 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 and hold them responsible for everything they owe him. So then you shouldn't uh, go against him. And he told the Malachim, uh, don't be so precise with him. Be forgiving of him because he's forgiving of others. Same idea. That because Rav Yoshua was so forgiving and never stood on, uh, on, on ceremony and never insisted on what was due to him, Hashem also was lenient um, in his judgment of Rav Yoshua. And so even though he would have died, according to nature, Hashem gave him another chance because that the Shayut Nachalato, it says only for the remainder of his uh, inheritance, meaning for the remainder of the Jewish people, Hashem is forgiving. It's, uh, this is like an aliyah, the fatty tail of the sheep that's so tasty, but it has a thorn in it. In other words, it's sweet, but it's also painful. How so? Why is it? Why is it also painful? Because because it means that yes, Hashem is forgiving, but only for some of His people, not for all of them. Only the sherit the person who who considers himself shiraim sherit leftovers. In other words, the person who considers himself who is humble and doesn't consider himself so important. That's the person for whom Hashem is especially generous and kind. Ravuna brought a contradiction. It says Hashem is righteous in all of His ways, meaning He follows the way of din. The way of judgment. But it also says, that he's also kind. That's a contradiction. What it means is in the beginning, Hashem judges the person strictly according to what he deserves. But then, eventually he relents and he treats him with kindness. In other words, there is a record of what really a person deserves and what really is righteous. But realizing that will cause the destruction of everybody, Hashem is kind and forgiving. Rabbi Elazar, that there's one pasuk, again, that says, Ulecha Hashem, Chasid, uh, that to you Hashem is kindness, um, and this is from Teilim. Hashem you, to you is kindness, meaning kindness. And it says, "Kiyata tishalem leish 
Because you pay a person according to his actions, but that's contradictory because if it's chesed, then you're not paying the person according to his actions. But what it means is that even though Hashem would pay the person back for what they did in this world, really Hashem is kind, so therefore he doesn't hold the person responsible 100% for everything that they did wrong. Ilfi, ilfa. Some say it was ilfi, some say it was ilfa, ramei posed a contradiction or pointed a contradiction between two psukim ketiv or chesed it says that he, he is abundant in kindness but it also says ve'emet in truth what it means is Hashem is, holds a person it, initially it's truth Hashem judges the person in truth but in the end the application the implementation is always with chesed and kindness it says Hashem passed before Moshe Rabbeinu and called out Rabbi Yochanan said a very very famous drasha here if it were not for the fact that this is written in the Pasuk, we wouldn't be able to say it. It shows you that Hashem wrapped himself in a talit like a chazan. He taught Moshe Rabbeinu how to pray. He said, anytime the Jewish people sin, do before me like this and I will forgive them. In other words, he taught Moshe Rabbeinu to do the Yud Gimel Midot HaChamim, to incorporate that into the Tefillah, like we know, we always say, um, that Hashem, you taught, right? you taught us to say the Shlosh to say the 13 Midot HaChamim, that's where this comes from, that Hashem taught Moshe Rabbeinu to say it. Of course, there's a very famous thing from the book, Tomer Dvora, uh, book of uh, Kabbalah Musar, that says, by Rabbi Moshe Kordevero, that says that you notice that it doesn't say, Yagidu lefanai or yomru lefanai that they should say these words, but it means yasu lefanai They should do before me according to this order, meaning they should emulate, imitate the ways of Hashem and be kind and compassionate and truthful and 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 follow all of those characteristics that are associated with Hashem, and then Hashem will forgive them. Not just saying the words, but actually living those words. Hashem, Hashem. Why does it say Hashem, Hashem? In the Yud Gimel Midot, Hashem Hashem Elohim Chanun, it says Hashem Hashem twice. Aniu Kodem Shechta Adam, I am Hashem before the person sins. Aniu Lachar Shechta Adam Beset Shuvah, I am Hashem after the person sins and does Shuvah, meaning I'm still here. She says Midat Rachamim Anim Rachem Kodem Shechta, Anim Rachem Achar Shechta Im Yashuv. In other words, Rashi says that it means that Hashem already extends mercy to a person to help them live the proper way before they sin, and even afterwards, Hashem is still there to offer them a second chance once they have done Teshuvah and they are willing to and they're ready to receive that help from Hashem to return. Eloch Machanun that he, he is merciful and he's gracious. It says that there is a brit, there is a covenant that is made for the 13 midot hachamim, the 13 divine attributes, that they never come back empty-handed. Because when Hashem is speaking to Moshe Rabbeinu after he reveals to him the 13 uh, attributes, he says that uh, I make a covenant Meaning I'm making a covenant with you and the covenant is that when they mention these midot and hopefully they're inspired to emulate these midot, then they will be forgiven and it will never be, they'll never be turned away empty-handed. Empty-handed. Teshuvah, says Rabbi Yochanan, is great because it tears up a person's judgment even if they have a negative judgment against them, it tears it up because it says, Hashmen so this is a pasuk that's actually kind of a negative pasuk because it's saying that uh, this this is from Yeshayahu from the beginning from Pegvav that the, the heart of the people has become fat and its ears are heavy its eyes are covered up 
Because maybe it will see with its eyes and it will hear with its ears and its heart will understand it will do teshuvah. Meaning Hashem didn't want the Jewish people to do teshuvah. That was part of the punishment. He wasn't helping them to do teshuvah. But the implication is that if they did do teshuvah, they would be forgiven no matter how bad they were they, they were before. How do you know that that means that if they do teshuvah, it could cancel a decree? Maybe that's talking about before the Gezardin. Maybe that's saying that if they if they do teshuvah before Hashem puts in the judgment. But maybe after the judgment, there's no turning back. Amalek. It says that they will be healed. If they actually did Shabbat, they will be healed. Obviously, they don't need a healing unless there's already been something bad, meaning there's already been a decree passed against them. Maybe there is an objection. It says, if in between, meaning in between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, a person does Shabbat, they'll be forgiven. But if they don't, even if they bring all the korbanot in the world, all of the rams of Nevayot they bring, they will not be forgiven. It depends. An individual, that's true. An individual, once the judgment is passed on Yom Kippur, there's no turning back. But for the community, there's always the possibility of Teshuvah and a change of the Gizardin at any time. And that was what Yishayah was talking about, that if they did do Teshuvah, that would break the Gizardin. Raise another objection. It says, Hashem's eyes are upon it. That's talking about Eretz Yisrael. Right? That means sometimes for good, sometimes for bad, that Hashem's eyes are on Eretz Yisrael. Right? What does it mean? What does it mean for good? Let's say on Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, Rosh Hashanah, they were Rishayim Gemurim. They were very bad. So Hashem only decreed for them very little rain. So after Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, afterwards they did Teshuvah. So then what happens? Hashem cannot add to the amount of rain because the decree was already made. But what Hashem will do is targeted strikes. In other words, Hashem decreed only a small amount of rain, but it'll make sure that it comes exactly at the right time and exactly in the right place. Everything according to the land and what it needs, right? Atid, uh, I'm sorry, Sometimes when Hashem looks at the bad, meaning if the Jewish people were perfectly tzadikim, and therefore they were going to get a lot of rain. But in the Sov, right, so then... Um, so then they went back and they became bad. So Hashem cannot reduce the amount that He already decreed. Because the amount of rain was already decreed. What will happen is Hashem will direct it not at the right time. And, uh, and the, um, the, uh, and, and it, He'll put it in a place where it's not necessary uh, for that land. So the point is that, um, the point is that, uh, uh, that since it says in the Pasuk that Hashem's eyes are always on Eretz Israel, that sounds like it's constantly being reevaluated. The answer is it is constantly being reevaluated, even though they might have had it, there's certain things that are not variable, meaning the amount that was decreed of rain that they're going to get on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur is not going to change, but how that rain falls and when it falls, that can be variable, and if they become better or they become worse, it can change it. It says, Why can't, uh, you know, why is it not possible for Hashem to... Uh, uh, to break, to tear up the Gizardin, to tear up the um, the decree for good, right? And Vilosivlo, and to add some rain onto the amount, right? We understand that he's not going to take away maybe what he promised that was good. He's just going to redistribute it. Why can't he add on Shaneatam Devjarbachi? The answer is that since it's possible for Hashem to work within what he already designated, just by making sure that the small amount of rain that was given to them because they were bad about Noshajan Yom Kippur, so a small amount was given to them, that can be redistributed in a way that will have the, the proper effect and will meet the needs of the people. So he doesn't have to add on to it. 
right? So that, that's the point. Since he can work within what the decree was, Hashem is going to work always within what the decree was and not change from that decree. Just work within it. Tashmat says, in the, we learned in the Bible, the Pasuk says in Tehilim, and this is the Tehilim of Pesach that we're all familiar with, that describes the people going through the different kinds of Tzarot and Kuvzayin and being, and being saved and, and praising Hashem. This is describing people who are on a boat and they see a big um, uh, storm and everything is shaking around on the on the boat, so they cry out to Hashem, and then when they're saved, they thank Hashem. We see that it, this, um, that if you look at the uh, psukim, if you look at the words, um, it's sort of uh, separated off from the other words in the pasuk. So this part is separated off from the other psukim by backwards nunin, just like we find in the Torah that there are, there's a parasha that is separated, the Vahib and Saharon, that is separated that way. It's separated off to tell you that that Hashem is going to save them when they cry out. Why is it separated off from the rest? To tell you that it's not always true. It's a limiter. Like when it says ach, or the word rach in the Torah, limiter. When is it true that the people on the boat will be saved if they cry out? That's if the judgment wasn't already passed. But then, but if the judgment was already passed, they're going to be killed in the storm. Then Hashem's not going to answer them. So what do you see? You see that it's not always true just because you have a big group of people and they cry out to Hashem. Sometimes the gizardin is inviolable. It can't be changed. So it says, no. That's also like individuals, right? So uh, even though it's a group of people, they're on the boat, it's not the entire community. In other words, before the question was, well, you see that Hashem cannot change the Gizardin about rain, which is really for the entire Jewish people. And I said, well, the reason why he doesn't change the Gizardin over there is because he can work within it and still deliver goodness where goodness is necessary um, by timing and, and locating the rain properly. But here we see a whole group of people. You're telling me that the Gizardin is, is still flexible when it comes to a community. Here's a community on a boat. Why are they not saved if they cry out if it's after Gzardin? The answer is, that's not community. That's just a group of individuals. Tashima. Shala biloria hagiyored. Biloria hagiyored asked the question at Rabban Gamliel. Kitiv v'toratchem shalo yisafanim. It says Hashem doesn't show favor. Uchtiv yisafanim parav elecha. But it says regarding the Kohan in Birkat Kohanim that Hashem should show you favor. So how could it be? Does Hashem show favor or not? Rabbi Yosef Akoin came and Amalai said to her, I'm going to give you an example of what it's similar to. Let's say a person um, is owed a maneh by his friend, and in front of the king, the borrower swears that he's going to pay. In front of the king, the borrower swears before the uh, king, by the life of the king, that he's going to pay it back by a certain time. Oh, he doesn't actually pay it back. So so now the borrower comes to the king in order to apologize that he took the king's name in vain, so to speak. Right? So what does the king say? My insult, I forgive you. But you still haven't paid back your friend that you owe the money. So in the same way, it depends that if we're talking about um, sins that are between Hashem and us, so there, if, uh, you know, when it comes between us and Hashem, we could say we ask Hashem to show us favor and to be kind to us even when we don't deserve it and so on. But Hashem is not going to take a bribe and not going to show favor if we sinned against somebody else. And we go to Hashem and say, I'm sorry, Hashem, for what I did to the other person. Hashem is not going to take that. He's not going to accept that because we did not 
address uh, what we owe to the other person. And Ad Sheba, Rabbi Akiva, made until Rabbi Akiva came along with a different distinction, not a distinction between sins between man and man and sin, sins between man and God, a different one. That Velimed Khan Kodem Gezardin, Khan Lachar Gezardin, Hachanami, right? So, Khan Lachar Gezardin. So, in other words, one is before the Gezardin. One is after, meaning to say that when it said that Hashem can show you favor, that means before the decree is passed. Once the sin, once the decree is already uh, fixed and has already been established, then Hashem is not going to show favor anymore. Now the, that that ship has sailed, so to speak, and that's it. So the, what do you see from here? You see that after Gzardin, Hashem does not reconsider. Uh, his, uh, his judgment, and you're telling me that Hashem reconsiders his judgment for the community, even if it's already been passed. The answer is, We're saying that's only talking about an individual. In other words, when did it say that Hashem doesn't show favor once the decree has been passed? That's when an individual is involved. When the community is involved, that's a different story. The community is involved, then even after the Gzardin, um, it's possible for the fate, for destiny to change based upon the Tfilot or the Tshuva of the people, um, even after their decree has been passed.